Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Helium 10 Weekly Buzz. My name is Carrie Miller, and this is a show where we get you familiar with the latest Amazon and e-commerce news. We interview people that you need to hear from, and we provide a training tip of the week that will give you some serious strategies for serious sellers of any level on Amazon, Walmart, or in the e-commerce space. So let's see what's buzzing this week. So today we're going to talk about a few different things. The first thing is that third-party sellers broke holiday records this past year. We're also going to discuss the new inventory performance index scores for inventory limits. And then we'll also talk about a new brushing scam that's been happening on Amazon. So let's get go ahead and get into the first topic. So first of all, this is really exciting, especially for all the third-party sellers out there. Uh, more than 130,000 third-party sellers surpassed $100,000 in sales this past holiday season, which is a really great thing. Um, U.S.-based third-party sellers sold an average of 11,500 products per minute from Black Friday to Christmas. So that's quite a big amount of products going out the door on Amazon. The top categories from sales for Amazon third-party sellers included office products, cameras, and wine-related products. So I'm curious to know if you're one of those sellers that surpassed $100,000 in sales over the holiday season, or if it wasn't $100,000, was it your best season yet? Uh, did you increase from last year? I'm really curious to know. Uh, the next thing is that Amazon, well, the reason why all this happened is that Amazon kicked off the season by announcing the small business gift guide, and they encouraged customers to support small businesses. So they actually spent a hundred million dollars to help small and medium sized businesses reach more customers. Um, they, including if any of you participated in the spend $10, get $10 from prime day. And then they also did other promotions throughout the holiday seasons. And in, in addition to that, um, handmade sellers actually did really well. Um, the number of handmade sellers who surpassed $100,000 in sales grew by double digits over last year. So that's pretty exciting. If you do make handmade products, um, Amazon's definitely a growing space for you and could be a really good opportunity. Um, in addition, we'll go to the next topic, which is in recent weeks, Amazon increased this, the restock limits for many sellers, and they actually intend to do the same for many more this next year. So um, before we go on, I'm curious to know, did you have some inventory issues this last year? I know I've talked to a lot of sellers that had inventory issues with um, with the limits going down. So curious to know if you had that issue and if it's been resolved. But basically, Amazon actually reduced the inventory performance index score, which is the IPI threshold for FBA storage limits from 400 from 450 down to 400. So with this IPI change, less than 10 percent of sellers are going to have any storage volume. limits. So that's really good news. So I'm excited to see, you know, how all this improves over the next year for inventory. And finally, I want to talk about the brushing scam. So. The brushing scam is something that's new, and some people, some, you know, some of you maybe have experienced this, but maybe you didn't even know it. So one woman actually talked about receiving a calligraphy pen in the mail, and she was kind of confused and maybe thought somebody sent her a gift accidentally or if it was a mistake. But then she got a child's scooter, and she thought, this definitely doesn't seem right. So she contacted Amazon, and they let her know that she's been a victim of the brushing scam. So what the brushing scam is is that third-party sellers actually get a list of a bunch of addresses and they get, they get um, and some of them even fraudulent credit cards, some of them not fraudulent credit cards. But what they do is they end up selling, uh, sending products 
to um, random customers to help improve their ranking. So random customers are receiving things like scooters, calligraphy pens, and a bunch of random different things. So um, this is definitely not uh, you know, good to do if you're a third-party seller. It's against terms of service to do this kind of thing. Well, have you guys received any random gifts from Amazon that you weren't expecting and you have no idea where they came from? Um, I'd be curious to know about that. All right. So the next segment that we have is very exciting. We actually have one of our elite members is going to join us and his name is Jonathan Fitzgerald and he is going to talk about his selling journey. Um, so I'm excited to chat with him. So I'll go ahead and welcome Jonathan Fitzgerald onto the screen. Hey, Gary. Hi, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining me today. We're excited to hear about your story. Thanks for the invite. Okay. So the first question I have, just so that we can get to know you a little bit. So what's, you're an Amazon seller now, but what did you do beforehand? What's your background? So I'm actually a, a chemist by training. So prior to selling on Amazon, I spent time as a scientist in Boston doing drug, dis, uh, drug discovery in both academic labs as well as those in the pharmaceutical industry. That was followed by doing graduate studies in molecular and cellular pharmacology. So on one hand, it's a pretty unique path, right? But on the other hand, I think that there's a lot of sellers out there on Amazon that come from non-traditional or perhaps non-obvious paths. That is very true. So I think there's a lot of really cool stories like that. Um, so um, when and how did you decide to become an Amazon seller? I know it is quite a jump and a change. So I'd be interested to know the path you took. Yeah, so it was about three years ago. A friend of mine saw one of his friends that was selling on Amazon for some side income. So upon finishing graduate school, my friend and I decided just to jump in and, and do this and create a business and a few brands. Uh, through my, my previous experiences uh, with graduate school and, and working in big pharma, uh, I, I knew that I was looking for something that provided a, a flexible schedule and something that I would be super excited about doing. Uh, but also not have that salary cap. So kind of set my own, my own destiny. Yeah, definitely. All right. So how long, if you started about three years ago, um, how long did it take you to actually, you know, from that time that you started to actually get your first product up and selling on Amazon? Yeah. So we started development on a, on a few different product lines prior to the one that we, we ended up launching. Uh, learning the ropes took some time, though, and, and we wanted to do it right, of course. So there was a lot of initial infrastructure building in the beginning, uh, things like learning from Freedom Ticket and even setting up bank accounts, finding the freight forwarders and even the LLC and EIN stuff. So you know, we were quite frugal and bootstrapped a lot of the creation of the business. So I was learning and doing a lot of the product photography and product sourcing myself. So all in all, though, it took about about nine months, I'd say, from when we first started yeah. the business to when we first sold our product. So in hindsight, though, I'd say these things don't take much time. However, when you're new to e-commerce industry, learning new skills and, and just new to being a business owner, you have to put the time in to learn the to learn the ropes. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, because. Um, when you're learning something new, it does take time. And, you know, some people jump in and they're like, oh, I want to start selling next week or I didn't find a product in a day. You know, I'm a failure. Right. And it takes time to, you know, and sometimes you might find a product and it might not work out. And so you have to kind of go back to the drawing board. So it does take some time. And I think it's really good that you've had that experience too, to, you know, let others know. 
And I think also just mentioning the freedom ticket as a really good resource. I mean, that walks you through all the ins and outs of everything that you need to know to sell on Amazon. So, I mean, before years ago, we didn't have something like that. So it's a really good time to start because you've got all those resources that can help you from A to Z set everything up and set it up the right way. So that's all, those are all really good points. Um, so when did you, um, when did you decide to go, that it was time for you to go full-time? Cause I know, you know, you were working as well and doing this kind of on the side. So like, when did you decide, Hey, this is, it's time for me to just go all in to this. That's a great question. You know, this is of course different for, for everyone. Everybody's kind of in a different situation. We didn't take payouts for about two and a half years, uh, but this decision comes down to how aggressive you want to be with the growth of the business as well as the status of the cash flow. Now, every payout is money that won't fuel growth. Yeah. So another factor to take into consideration would be the diversification of the sales channels that are implemented. So if this is well-rounded, if you're doing Walmart as well, as well as other prep brick and mortar, then there's risk mitigation and it's easier to jump into your Amazon business full time. But yeah. if Amazon channel is, is your only channel that you're doing, then all your eggs are in one basket. So things like account suspensions, FBA issues, even dirty competitors, all can put your livelihood at risk. Yeah, I have. I did actually hear something like that. There, somebody was selling only on Amazon, and they were selling two hundred fifty thousand a month, and then they got suspended. So that's that's quite difficult <laughs> when something like that happens. So that's a really good point. Um, so, what are some of the pros and cons of being an entrepreneur versus working in the corporate world? Since you have experience with both. Yeah, so you know, being an entrepreneur, you have you know the potential to set your your own flexible schedule, and uh, as mentioned, doing things that you're super excited about doing. Um, and then at least theoretically not having a salary cap, right? Yeah. There's also that sense of pride of building your own business and learning new skills and saying, you know, this is something that, that I started and, and it's going great. That's, uh, that's really true. You know, there's a, the cause of course to it as well. There's a work-life balance is, is a big deal. There's a lot of stress involved and early on you're in, es in essence working two jobs, right? Yeah. So time management is an important skill to develop. Yeah, definitely. So um, kind of going along with that, what advice would you give someone who's just starting sell, so, to sell on Amazon? So maybe they decided 2022 is the year I'm going to start selling. What's your advice to them? Yeah, my number one advice would be keep the long term in mind. You know, perhaps even think you know, what's the exit strategy long, long term, right? So are you going to pass this on to your your children perhaps, or are you going to sell the business? And, but how are you going to get to that long-term? Uh, what, what goals are you going to set? What, what are you going to put in motion to do that? Uh, also diversify with product categories and sales channels as mentioned earlier, because that mitigates risk, but build a brand in a business, not just a product line because product lines will come and go. Um, but, you know, if you build a solid brand and customers that you can go back to and say, hey, there's a new product they come up with. Um, and, and that kind of leads into the, the last point, perhaps, is, you know, the, we hear a lot about influencer marketing. Become your own influencer. You join Facebook groups or, or whatever it might be. But go out and, and influence that, that niche and, and show them your product. Yeah, that's a really good point. Be your own advocate for your business. 
Well, this is really uh, interesting and exciting. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to you. And I think it's really good advice, advice that you've given just, you know, to be patient and, you know, be diligent and look at the long-term goals and stay the course because there is, you know, a learning curve and it does take time, but it is definitely worth it. So absolutely. uh, Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate all the insights that you gave and I hope you have a great day. Thanks for having me on Carrie. Thank you. All right. So um, that was a great interview. So if any of you have been uh, thinking about selling on Amazon, I think that was a great inspiration for just knowing that, you know, it does take a little bit of time, but you can definitely do it. Uh, Okay. So let's go ahead and get into the tip of the week. And we have Lem Turner, who is doing our tip of the week. So I'll go ahead and let him get into it. Hello, everyone. My name is Lem Turner, and I am a brand evangelist here at Helium 10. And today, we're going to be getting into how you can automatically request product reviews using follow-up. So let's get into it. So first, what we're going to do is get into our dashboard right here, which at first, we're going to be able to see all the sorts of different data. But what we're going to want to do is go on the left side of our screen and click into automation. And from there, we're going to be getting into our automation button that says new automation. We're going to go ahead and click on that. And from there, we're going to be able to get an idea of all the templates that we have available to us in terms of automations. But but for this specific example, we're going to want to get into the request a review and seller feedback automation. Now, one of the first things we're going to notice here is that it says order delivered. Notice how it doesn't say order shipped or it doesn't say order confirmed. The only trigger we're going to have for this template is order delivered in order to stay compliant with Amazon's terms of service. Now, once the order is delivered, we have one of our rules here, which is wait for seven days. This is an arbitrary number, seven days. But what is going to happen is after seven days, it's going to send your customer automatically a request review and seller feedback template, which is an Amazon template that they've developed and created. Now, let's get into how we edit this rule. If we want to wait seven days, six days, 21 days, etc. What Amazon's terms of service specifically say is that you must send a product review if you are going to send a product review between five to 30 days. Now, how we can edit this is we just go ahead and click onto that little pencil right here and we go ahead and click on that. From there, we're going to be able to edit it from between five to 30 days. Now, there's a little bit of strategy here in terms of what, how long you should wait in order to request a product review. And what you should be thinking about is what is what purpose does your product, product serve? Is the satisfaction or gratification instant or delayed? So for example, if I'm selling a letter opener and they receive the product, I'm likely going to want to send my product review request within five to seven days just because they're likely to be able to use that letter opener right away and get an idea of how effective that product is. Versus if I'm selling a supplement or a collagen peptide, something that's going to have a, take a while in order to get an idea of the performance or the satisfaction of the product, I'm going to likely want to wait around over like 25, 26, 30, 29 days, right? So it really all depends on the result of your product in terms of is the satisfaction going to be delayed or instant. From there, we also see that one of our rules is the product, send the product review and seller feedback template. Now, this is an Amazon template, like I said earlier, but what does it exactly look like? Now, we're going to see right here that this is what it looks like. This is the template that Amazon's created and subjects all sellers that utilize this service to use. So you see it says seller and then your store name would go here. Request you to share your experience for your recent order with other Amazon shoppers. Please take a moment to review your recent Amazon purchase. It'll put in the name of your product. It'll show you your product image. It'll also show your store name, which which customers can also be able to rate our experience with you as a seller. 
Now keep in mind that Amazon has created this template. So because of that, it'll always stay 100% within Amazon's terms of service. And because this is using Amazon's template, it'll always be in a buyer's language of preference that they've set for their Amazon account as each marketplace has their own supported languages and this will always translate it to the correct one. One of the things to also keep in mind is that this is the same, this process uh, within our automation of requesting review and seller feedback. This is the exact same as requesting a product review and seller feedback in Seller Central. So if they, so if you've already requested a review in Seller Central, follow-up will detect that and cancel it upon when it is sent, not when it is in queued status. Similarly, if you've already requested a product review in follow-up, Seller Central will detect that you've already requested a product review and tell you that it has already been requested. So now let's get into our filters. You notice that we have refunded orders excluded from this automation, meaning that an order has been delivered. If a customer requests a refund on it, they will not be receiving this product review. And we just instantly put this on our all automations just because it's highly likely that a customer who has requested a refund is not going to want to leave a product review for your product. And if they do leave a product review for your product, it's likely not going to be a positive one. So we're just going to go ahead and not include them within this automation. Another thing that we have filtered for is for all orders to have a discount of less than 30%, meaning that we're not going to send this automation to any orders that are above 30%. And the reason why that is, is we don't want to give Amazon any reason to flag any accounts for possibly offering discounts in return for ratings. Now, not to say that this is going to automatically do that, but if we want to avoid being on Amazon's radar for any sort of reason, this is a good way to go. So we just include that there as well. Another filter that we could possibly add into, which is a quality over quantity type of strategy, is targeting repeated buyers. Now, if we target repeat buyers, we're going to be going after buyers who buy from us after a second, third, or fourth purchase. Now, why would I want to do this? The reason why is let's say I have a thousand ratings. I have plenty of ratings and reviews, but so I'm not necessarily worried about the quantity. However, my star rating is a 3.9 and I'm really looking to bring that up to a 4.0 to get four stars, or I'm looking to bring my 4.4 to a 4.5. At that point, I'm only focused on gathering highly rated product reviews. And if I want to be able to do that, this is a strategy to do that because if I'm only sending this automation to customers who buy from me the second, third, fourth, or whatever time, then it's highly likely that that means they are highly satisfied with my product. They are loyal to my brand and they enjoy my item that I'm selling. So that means that if I were to target that subsection of my customer base, that's a positive one to be targeting because they're probably going to leave you a good and positive uh, review. So with that in mind, that's one of the what's one of the strategies that you can t take in order to increase the quality of your product reviews. Now, some other things to keep in mind is that Amazon's review requests will not show up in your sent messages in your message center in Seller Central, nor will it show up in messages sent when you're looking at the dashboard. It's going to show up as reviews requested. Now, once we have everything settled here and we feel comfortable with our automations at, we're going to go ahead and click on save. And once we click on save, it's going to show us this page right here. What it's going to show us is all the stuff that it's going to be that Helium 10 is doing for us to make sure that we are within Amazon's terms of service and that we are compliant. 
Most of this messaging applies mostly for custom message templates. However, in this case, since we're using a request a review template, the Helium 10 is telling us that they will make sure we don't request a product review more than once for any order. And if it does look like we've done that, then they will cancel the duplicate request in order to prevent us from violating Amazon's terms of service, which is super helpful. Then after we, we have reached this point, we just go ahead and click on save and activate. And there we go. We've set up our first request review and seller feedback automation. That's it for this one. If you have any more questions, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much, Lem, for that awesome tip of the week. So before we go, I wanted to remind you that we do have a Helium 10 blog. It has a ton of resources. So if you want to go to helium10.com slash blog, you'll be able to find tons and tons of blog articles that are helpful for you to selling on Amazon, Walmart, and other platforms. So make sure to check that out. And we hope to see you again next week for our next weekly buzz. Have a great day. Thank you.